From the PSI ASI Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. Interesting topic tonight. We are visiting with team member Jeff Krill. We're going to be talking about teaching adaptive lessons during COVID. Jeff, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, glad I can uh, maybe provide some insight and hang out for a little while. I mean, it's one of those topics I know in our industry that's like Zoom calls every day and people trying to figure out different ways to approach it. So it's it's been crazy, but yeah, glad to hopefully um, just be some valuable information and get people thinking in different directions here. Now, when you became the coach of Adaptive, uh, was this a topic you thought we were ever going to be talking about? No, you know, not, I don't think any of us ever could have imagined or, you know, like thought that we'd be going down some road like this. You know, the, the, the concerns were more always around, and they always have been in adaptive around safety and how to, you know, work with our different populations and, you know, the different things that come up as that can be there in either behavior management, just safety and managing um, different disabilities and cold environments and different pieces of equipment, but never something that was so hidden and secret had so many variables as, as this situation. It's, it's definitely a, a different time and presents a lot of different problems within, you know, the different um, populations and diagnoses that we're working with in adaptive. It can be complicated when you really start to, like, pick it apart and start to break down all the different aspects of what you're trying to accomplish out there and how you even get them into the equipment and all kinds of things. So, yeah, it's a, I think it's a great topic, and it's something just maybe if it's helpful getting people to start talking and thinking and ways to approach it um, as we kind of move forward. And some of it may even transfer really well over into the you know, regular alpine and snowboard schools as well, I mean, things that they've not considered either. Now, you said something that I think I uh, really would like to touch on, which was the word variables. And, I mean, there are so many variables in everything we're doing. And as I was looking at teaching adaptive, I was thinking, wow, there is so much to consider when getting an adaptive lesson going. Uh, like you mentioned, getting into the sit-ski. How do we even come up with uh, ways to handle this? Well, I think, you know, you're coming up with different approaches to um, how you can do it. You know, either some of it also, maybe, are you doing your assessments outside? Are you doing your setups outside? Um, it all comes down to your base area. What kind of a lodge are you able to even do these assessments in? Um, can you separate yourself really easily in an outdoor area or whether it's in an indoor office or locker room? You know, are you spacing out the timing, you know, where you say you used to have 10 students arrive at one time? Are you now doing this every 15 to 20 minutes that you have somebody arrive based upon your area? These are all kinds of things that are, you know, people having to consider now, you know, the staggered start, if you will. Um, you know, let alone, you know, how are you going to deal with the, the hands-on touching and what, what you know, PPE you can have in place that's going to work with it. You know, I've talked to some hospitals and, you know, they're starting to do transfers and whatnot with, you know, with masks, with, you know, eye covering, um, that kind of thing, which, is, which works really well in the ski industry. We usually have that kind of thing on us, as long as it's not an overextended amount of time. Like, say, 15 minutes, I've heard, is one as a possibility, so... You know, but again, that's all individual protocols for different establishments. You know, there's nothing that's written in stone on this thing. You know, it's kind of just trying to limit risks. So it's really kind of like everything dealing with this. It, here's an idea, but it might change tomorrow. 100%, you know, and I think you have to be open to that, that, you know, you may start out with a certain protocol or way that you're going to think you're going to operate and in one moment it works and then the next moment all of a sudden it doesn't because things change or 
you know, constantly, and I'm looking at that even with my own staff's training right now, is, you know, what are all these different variables that we start to talk about? And also realizing that, you know, we're not going to be able to think of all of them. We've never operated like this before. So we need to be able to morph, change, you know, and actually, you know, kind of meet the enemy head on from moment to moment. It's not that, you know, you can say one protocol works one moment, then you all of a sudden you realize that there's a flaw in it somewhere and or the situation is just different. So you need to be able to sort of adapt and move on to the, a better way of doing it quickly and just, just be, I guess, fluid in your approach to these things. Yeah, I came up with a little slogan for my events in the summer and in the fall that I put on the cycling events, which was be flexible, not frustrated. Well, that was a common thing, you know, for any of us that were trying to run some type of summer programming. Um, I think we were a lot of us in the adaptive world were pretty selective in the different types of programming that we felt we were capable of running safely. Um, You know, things around water and masks, you know, that didn't seem appropriate just because of, you know, water vapor, with all those theories out there and whatnot, and then the close proximity and the amount of help that people needed, and the danger of wearing a mask in and out of water for people you're having to worry about, you know, them actually, like, sucking in a mask, um, you know, if they got wet or things like that. So it was, you had to be very selective in the different programming that you offered. So, you know, I think a lot of different adaptive programs learned some things from summer um, in what they could and couldn't do. So in some programs, they eliminated altogether. So, you know, that's just not a safe situation for us to be involved in at this point. So we were talking a little bit about a situation that could arise uh, before we started recording, which was an instructor working with a couple of kids who are maybe on the spectrum that require a little more hands-on. And a parent sees that and starts to question, why are they able to do that and my child's not? How do you handle a situation like that? Well, you know, some of the considerations that are coming about out there is that, you know, if if a, a student of some type isn't able to meet a certain um, protocol, like, you know, they're not able to put their own skis on by themselves, they're not able to um, pick themselves up off the ground and they're going to require a lot of hands-on, that that's where some kind of a personal care attendant or a parent or somebody close to the family that's within their inner circle will have to be along on the lesson so that you can have an instructor along there, but they will be doing, you know, the instructing or helping facilitate and giving the advice and the direction to, let's say, the personal care attendant or the parent or the or loved one or whoever may accompany them on that lesson so that it's, it's taking the danger away from our instructor. And that's a lot of what I'm hearing from resources. They really want to protect the instructor first. You know, and at which, you know, in the past, it's always been about, you know, really providing the service always to the guests, no matter what. Well, really, it's now about safety for our employees and about, you know, protecting our frontline workers, if you will, which are our instructors at this time. You know, I even think about just putting on boots for people that have all sorts of trouble that have never been in ski boots before. And they definitely need some assistance. It's going to be so hard not to bend over and help somebody with their boots for me. Right. I mean, and that, that, those are all the things we kind of have to consider, right? Because people do need, especially in those beginner lessons, that's where we think that there's a lot of assistance that's needed. And that's um, where you're even hearing about schools that are not doing any lessons for children, let's say seven years or under, or, or that are at a certain height because of lift requirements. So if you're not at 48 inches tall, are you able to ride a lift on your own? Um, these are all different things that start to come into play too. So, and 
coming up, a child who's under that with just a stranger the way we used to in the past, where you say, hey, can you ride up with this younger child um, while you're trying to get that group of kids up, right? We, we can't do that anymore. It doesn't, it's not safe to be exposing everybody else or asking another individual to ride up with a, a smaller child. So, you know, the, it, it, it is a tough year and there's a lot of considerations to be made. Um, and then, unfortunately, I think it's going to be harder for those younger children and the newer folks coming to our sport. Um, and you're seeing that the direction as a business model for a lot of places is take care of your core group of skiers, you know, that you know that have always been loyal to the sport, love it the most, um, have been around it. And, you know, unfortunately, the ones that are newer to it, um, there's going to be a little more struggle, a little bit more process and a few more hurdles to go go through in the beginning, you know, to get to get those first experiences out there. So how would you describe to our membership? I mean, I think for the most part, we are all caring individuals. We care about our guests. We care about the people that are in our classes. How do we best take care of them? I mean, we're showing we care by not putting our hands on them and helping them with their boots or whatever it is we're trying to do. You know, so much of what I've really been introducing to people or, or you know, putting this out there is it's all about setting the stage. You know, when you first meet someone, you know, explaining, you know, the way it's going to work, you know, kind of the, the rules of the road, the way, you know, everything can transpire, sort of a, a best best practices, best guidelines for the day, um, establishing how comfortable they are, how comfortable you are um, with them. And you really want to start to get into, you know, a lot of the things that we've been talking about in PSIA with, these, with the people skills and then how you can relate it to putting out good teaching. Um, so this stuff is more relevant than ever. You know, in being able to just set the stage and build a relationship based on trust from the very get-go, because that's the only way you're going to be successful, and then everybody's going to feel really comfortable. You know, because we've all been in this situation now where we we haven't seen somebody in a while. You don't know whether to hug them. You don't know how to shake their hand. You don't know how to do a fist bump. You know, like it's this awkward little dance. And now we're going to be doing this with people that we don't even know. Um, and now, so I think it's just about like being able to really set a good stage right from the beginning. And you can probably have a, a great time out there as we've always have. But if you if you just set the stage in the right place, the right time, you know, and make everybody feel at ease in what's going to happen out there, it's, it's going to work out really well. And I don't think we'll even, in fact, we'll probably come out of these lesson situations next year, hopefully if this has gone by, and be like, wow, we learned a, a tremendous amount of things from the way that we had to actually interact with folks. You know, it's funny. I been leading a children's specialist study group every Wednesday night since April uh, virtually and groups really come together and I've, I've tried to come up with some really crazy teaching scenarios that we can do over the computer and uh, I've got four of us assigned to you're going to lead a 15 minute teach with a mask on and your helmet and your goggles. I want to see it where we can only see your eyes and I want you to be as engaging as possible and I want to see the smile in your eyes. And people took that on so seriously. I can't wait for us to give it a shot. <laughs> sure, yeah. You, know, you hear those kind of things will be beneficial. You know, it's the teach a lesson without words. You know, those kind of things um, are all tremendous, you know, I guess goals to work towards. You know, and me being the adaptive guy, I, I actually always try to find the positive in, in sort of everything. You know that for me from lots of years of working together. But I try to find the positive in all these things because um, there's a lot that can come out of tragedy or hard times that you learn a lot from that you're going to benefit from later on. So, 
I think, you know, as far as, far as the industry goes and as far as teaching goes, we're going to be really good and even better than we started out, you know, having, and it's a great reset, you know, we're going to be better than we ever were having to teach in a harder way and maybe in a different way. And we're going to learn some great things, not only about our industry, but also about our guests and some better ways to kind of approach everything that we've been doing in the, maybe the snow sports industry for quite a while. I do want to touch again on the adaptive. Uh, is that a population where there is a higher risk for contracting COVID? 100%. I mean, you have a, a lot of, you know, um, diagnoses that are compounded. You know, like you could say, you know, I have a spinal cord injury, but, you know, there's going to be somebody that has a spinal cord injury in combination with diabetes or somebody that has, you know, um, something that's asthma related or, you know, you can go on and on and on. There's a tremendous number of combination diagnoses that are out there where people already have either compromised immune systems, you know, the different great, um, greater health risks. Yes. And Part of it comes down to they want to take the risk themselves and putting themselves into an environment where there is more risk just by coming out of their home every day. You know, you're you're making choices about where you put yourself based upon those risks. And they're going to themselves have to make that decision if that's an area that they're comfortable with going into, right? Even with all the standard protocols and things that we're trying to do to make it safer all the time. You know, Jeff, in a way, this has me wondering if people are going to be offering up more information about their health and all of our lessons. Uh, in a way, I kind of hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that they may offer it up just because they want to be, I guess, forthright and letting, them, letting you know what's going on and maybe to take extra care and extra precaution because of if you know, you know, then you can react to it. You know, it's, it's always one of those things you can't, you can't be expected if you don't know or you weren't informed. Um, so, that, and that's just like I was getting back to before. You know, that initial sort of interview and setting the comfort level and a tone about where a person's at, and, and maybe they're going to offer up something to you in that initial, you know, comfort check in the beginning of the lesson um, when you guys guys are setting the stage together. That is going to um, change your lesson plan and maybe your your plan of attack during the, the day and the way that you're going to interact with this person not only for yourself, but also for them. You know, I love your message because I've been hearing this really from the get-go that there are silver linings to this and that some good could really come out of it. No, I, I am really, you know, confident that at the end of the day, we're going to look also, it gives us a chance to actually slow down for a minute, even look at the way we offer programs. Um, maybe we can actually take a little bit better look at instead of, you know, there's a lot of ski schools that it's been a, if you will, basically a, uh, an assembly line, right? You know, you're just pouring lesson out after lesson, you know, especially when you're bringing big bus groups in and, you know, tons of school kids. And, you know, it's, it's all about getting the numbers through, you know, you're getting the concept across that we've lost the connection, right? And that connection between instructor and, you know, that, that passion that, you know, that you, you think your instructor is the coolest person in the world and you mean, right, there's this person you've come up to and, you know, they rip the mountain and they can, everywhere and they're going to introduce you to this thing well we don't haven't been able to always take the time to establish that kind of connection for a while in some places so i think to actually be able to bring that a little bit of that back 
in more of the, let's say, the private lesson, um, which I hear a lot of resorts are going to, maybe private lesson only to begin, except for maybe their um, smaller seasonal groups, and even those are getting sized down in their class sizes to accommodate, you know, some social distancing. But, you know, I think we're going to build a little bit more connection with our guests in our lesson. You know, one thing I've been thinking about in particular is, so say that you do have that adult that has to come along with a, a child who's, say, under seven or, you know, isn't able to do all the things we'd expect them to get themselves up, get their boots on, um, get their skis on, that type of thing in this private lesson scenario. And now all of a sudden that, that dad or that, you know, the mother hears about all these awesome concepts in skiing. They're like, I never knew that you turned to ski that way. I never knew that that happened when you skied. I didn't even know that. And all of a sudden they're like, you know, I need to go take a lesson. So I think that it's going to bring back a, a, hopefully an era of, um, an era of education, you know, from those people that actually get to interact with instructors instead of it just being a beginner lesson. They're going to actually see that there's something more to it because it's not just the, the quick hit, get a lesson in and out, get them making a couple turns and off they go. And, you know, they, they never come back to a lesson for a number of years. Does that make sense at all? Absolutely. And I'm thinking there's a real opportunity there, uh, especially for some of the, the younger new hires that are coming in uh, because they are going to be able to have private lessons going out and have much more chance to start building a client base. Right. I mean, you know, if you want to really get into the private scene right now, this is it <laughs> because you're going to meet some, you're going to meet some great people. You know, you're going to build a connection. You're going to build a rapport. Um, and a lot of people, you know, they don't have a lot of outlets or they're looking for things to do. I think we're going to be busier midweek than, than we ever have been before too, because of, you know, the, um, distance learning that's going on. Um, you know, some people have school when they did on Mondays. Some people don't have it on Wednesdays. Some people have it, you know, so you're going to see a little bit more of a midweek crew, I think, showing up at all of our resorts. So it's going to be more distributed in that way. Um, and I think people just have a little bit more time. It seems like even the adult world, there's a lot of folks that are working from home so they can kind of set their schedule when they want. They don't need to come on the weekend all the time. So it's going to be a little different. So, Jeff, anything you'd like to say to our membership uh, in closing? You know, emb- embrace what this season is. Look for the positive within it. Look for those moments that, you know, that to make a change, that, you know, take the time to uh, make those changes or try something new that you've always wanted to for a long time. Try some new ideas and some new concepts. But just stay safe. You know, do things that are responsible. You know, you don't have to be a a hero and yes people need especially in adaptable you know people need us to sometimes help them but it doesn't have to be done in an unsafe way don't put yourself out there and put yourself at risk just because we all have big hearts and we all want to take care of our clientele and, and make sure that they can learn how to ski like we always have but it still has to be about ourselves first and foremost you know we're there for an entire season meeting lots of people and um we need to keep ourselves safe, you know, so we can continue doing what we love for many years to come. And that's what I really ask of not only of my adaptive friends, but just sort of our entire industry together. You know, that's what I'd like to see for this season. Well, Jeff, it's been way too long, and it's always a pleasure to visit with you. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat this evening. Oh, of course, and I can't wait to, you know, get back on some other more fun topics and other than COVID-19 <laughs> at some point, because we got a lot to talk about, my friend. That would be very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Grill, thanks so much for joining us on First Chair from the Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado. 
I'm George Thomas.